Welcome to Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking with Lisa L. Levy. I say all those L's because her company is called L Cubed Consulting. And we'll talk more about L Cubed Consulting in a second. It's a company that really supports companies with project management, process performance, organizational change, of which organizations are going through a lot of change right now. So, Lisa, I'm excited to hear more about that. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about yourself and and your career today. Absolutely, Bant. Thank you so much for having me here today. I am the you know a classic accidental entrepreneur. Never thought that I was going to go down this path. Graduated from college, wanted a career in a corporation where I would you know have vacation time, a salary, sick time, you know, and my I would be taken care of. The harsh reality is that fantasy doesn't exist anymore, if it really ever did. Um, You know, 20, 30 years in a corporation, it's it's not realistic. Um, And I think I came into the workforce sort of on the tail end of that experience and, you know, started to see that inside those environments, one, it's not safe and certainly not secure. And... I mean, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, Lisa, but I mean, that is something I can truly identify with. I spent uh, good, uh, I'd say most of two thirds of my career. So it's so far uh, in large corporations, large businesses. And and certainly anybody um, who have has kind of baby boomer parents that you worked at big companies or big organizations, they kind of had that philosophy of, oh, well, you work at the company, it takes care of you, you build up over time. But anybody in my generation, maybe yours as well, you know, that we, it we, we was very clear that organizations, those large organizations had no commitment to people long term <laughs> anymore, you know? No commitment yeah. and right, they were acquired and they were sold and they merged. And exactly, I have I mean, my best friend in the whole world is the last person that I've ever encountered who had that experience where she started with a company and actually retired from it. But it had been acquired three times and you know, bigger corporation, bigger corporation, and you know, took an early retirement package after acquisition number, you know, 350. Um, it's just, it's not sustainable anymore. And I think that that fantasy, right, was all it ever was for for me, for my generation, because my parents actually were entrepreneurial and part of the reason why I wanted to go the other direction. I wanted that sense of safety and security because I had ridden the roller coaster. Yeah. Throughout my whole childhood. Yeah, so that's led to L cubed. So tell me about how that's kind of formed and how that's evolved over time. So in my career, I started out in IT, worked in project management, learned that you know getting things done is important, but knowing that they're the right things is even more important. 
And after several years of building a career, I realized that consultants were being used in lots of corporations and not necessarily well, but there's a really good way to do and be a consultant. The idea behind it is important and good, and it's not necessarily always executed well because the model is get in and grow your consulting business inside your client environment. And that's the consulting company's growth model, but it's really not about the client's growth model. And so in 2008, I had an idea. In 2009, I said, if I can do this now, it must really work. And here we are um, 12 years later, yeah, growing and changing and evolving, but really focusing on my clients and their customer needs, right? So it's not about me. It's about my customer and their customer. And that, those types of outcomes. I, I love that. So tell me more about how uh, L cubed approaches problems in some of these. Uh, I want to get more into some of these uh, issues on organizational change uh, because, I mean, every organization is dealing with the pandemic and the post pandemic changes and the social justice issues today. And so there's just so many topics, but Tell me how you guys approach uh, these these areas. So the approach, you know, we formed over time and taking knowledge from big corporations, right? Project management, process management, organizational change. These are things large corporations build teams of people to address. When I started looking at the customer that I wanted to serve, it's a smaller market. It's the middle market. And they don't have the money to build those functions. But those skills and those capabilities are necessary across all business functions. So our approach is to lead with building up skills and capabilities in our clients' environment so that they know how to plan work or do execute projects. They understand that processes have a beginning and an end, and the person doing work needs to know where they fit in that flow, what happens to the, you know, their left side, what happens to the right side of them, how does, you know, how do they impact the end? And the end means how do they impact their customers, right? So if I'm doing some work that adds zero value to my customer, as an employee, I should be empowered to say, why are we doing this? And ask that that tough question and know that if the answer is, it's the way we've always done it, that that's a problem. Right. Um, Organizational change is a reality. Um, We as leaders sometimes lose sight of the fact that day in and day out, change is two steps ahead of us, whether we're planning for it or not. And we need to know how to lead our teams through it and how to have our team members address change positively and actively rather than actively resisting it, which is a human instinct that we have. Just say no first and then think it through and figure out what to do. But if we can actually say, okay, I get what it is. I know why we're doing it. I know what I get out of it. And again, I know what our customer gets out of it. If we have these thoughts living and breathing in our corporate cultures, businesses can grow and scale at will. I, I, I find this really an interesting one. You know, I've been talking to my own team recently about operational change and uh, one of the things that happens as an entrepreneur, as you scale a business, you, you reach a point where 
not you don't have 10 people you don't have 20 people you don't have 50 people you don't have 100 people you know you have a couple hundred folks and maybe a thousand people and um processes that used to be very quick uh suddenly become bureaucratic and nobody wants to stick their neck out and 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 you you suddenly fall in fall victim of all the things that uh, entrepreneurs hated or like myself about big businesses where, where, you know, you would, you would raise a topic and the answer always was like, well, we really should bring a team of people together to discuss mm. that topic. And, and so how, how you build nimble solution making processes, an agile uh, solution making processes that can move quickly uh, is, is something that I'm trying to, I'm personally trying to, you know, uh, I guess, uh, go through as a, as the company scales to the next level, uh, you know, and I, I imagine a lot of companies are are facing that stuff. But I mean, right now, for for you, uh, as as companies kind of come out of this pandemic or have been going through this pandemic, and some of the social justice issues, the, the you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. Um, how are how are companies facing these challenges and what have been some of the interesting approaches that you're seeing coming forward? You know, the issues with diversity and inclusion, for me personally, as you know, a person of a certain age who grew up with parents who were actively involved in the civil rights movement and coming into the world in, in the 70s, coming of age in the 80s. I thought that we had in the United States addressed some significant issues, right? I lived in a bubble of innocence of, uh, you know, naivete, whatever, you know, however we want to you know, frame that. And as a person who is also Jewish, right, there, there are multiple different levels that in the last several years have exploded around us in ways that, you know, we weren't, we weren't ready for. And I had through my whole life believed that we had made progress and it's a really harsh reality to, you know, see the light of day and leaders are trying to do good things and the right things. And I think that it's really important that we have open, honest conversations. I know that as a person, right, I am going to say something stupid sometime with the best of intentions. And it has to be okay to make that mistake and learn from it. And yeah, as we and start, not end up, yeah, I guess canceled, right? That right, was, right. You know, it, we're we're human, and we all are. You know, we should all want to learn on an ongoing basis. Continuous learning should be part of who we are. Um, and for business leaders, doing something I think is still better than doing nothing. And you know, it is okay to you know crawl, walk, then run that we need to learn through practice and experimentation. And so bringing the conversations into the workplace, you know, tackling them directly and learning from peer-to-peer -peer interaction and, you know, listening to what employees really need and not making assumptions that we know what it is. Because again, I can, you know, speak for myself. I know that I don't know more than I actually know. Yeah, I can I completely understand what you're talking about. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's true. I think that a lot of topics have been raised for many, many decades, but um, clearly there has not been an, enough progress. There certainly has been, you know, the challenges, the systemic challenges that exist that need to be wrestled with and adjusted and, and, and evolved uh, to come up with better solutions. So, so, you know, today in business, we're going through this, this, I guess almost I'd, I'd say it's like a watershed moment um, where, um, you know, the, if anything, COVID sped up the digital, you know, this acceleration of digital change. Um, how are how are your organizations adapting to this and, and what are the things that they're they're concerned about? So, you know, the pandemic forced everybody to think differently. And, you know, in, in the beginning, right, we saw leaders sort of stop and freeze. And I kind of talk about it as, you know, and we hold our breath and we wait and we hope that, you know, it was going to go away in two weeks. Well, obviously we didn't, you know, it didn't go away in two weeks and to continue doing business, we had to just do things right. There, there were reports, you know, countless studies that say, you know, digital transformation has been a topic in business for more than 20 years. And for more than 20 years, digital transformations, big undertakings, projects failed. Guess what? In one year, we did more digital transformation than had been done in the decade prior just to keep the lights on and keep things working. I mean, I, I, I always think about it along those lines of there were always those one to two executives that were part of the leadership team that basically stopped those transformation projects or underfunded them for various reasons. And and during the pandemic, those votes basically were like eliminated. <laughs> you know, it was basically like all gung ho. Let's do this. Well, it was about survival. Right. We went into, I get you, we can call it like what our lizard brains, right? We, it was fight or flight. We had to do something. And businesses that never had budget had never even considered the impact of changing their business model had no choice. And those who held their breath for too long, right, went away. And those, there are also those that went away simply because everything was stacked against them. And, and that's unfortunate. And our recovery with our truly small businesses, our mom and pop retail restaurant type businesses, we have a long tail for them to, to, to come back around and, and recover. And the, the, you know, the, the, the playing board has changed. And if they will, it'll be hard fought. But we have to, again, right, we need to keep moving forward. So we need to learn that those agile decisions, the yes, no, now, left, right, we are capable as businesses of making those changes and, and working that fast. Is it sustainable? No. Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I'd love to, to tweeze in and dig a little deeper on that question about is it sustainable and no, because, you know, one of the things that I'm wrestling with was, um, you know, my business was, was more efficient, more innovative, more nimble, than we've ever been uh, in the, over the last year. And yet now, you know, there's so much pressure to go back to the, the old ways of, you know, going to trade shows and events and um, all of these things. And I'm sitting there going like, man, I can't believe 
they were all rushing back to the old way. Like, uh, but, but I think there must be a happy medium. What's your, what's your thought on that? So that desire to go back, right. That is human instinct because the, the status quo was comfortable, right? We're familiar with that pattern, that cadence. It, it, it feels right. Going back to that word safe. It, it's never going to truly go back. Um, it, because that's just not what we do as humans, right? Our, we've, we've changed things. And so we're going to move forward, but how we move forward is going to be different. Um, there are people who will never want to go to a convention, a conference and be in a large group of people that they don't know of, you know, thousands of people. Stranger danger is a childhood phrase that kind of has been running through my head as I've been deciding what conferences to go to as we start moving forward. Um, but sustaining what we did during the pandemic is physically exhausting. We were in that fight or flight mode and we were responding, reacting, and we can't do that, right? The rate of burnout and the ability to continue to make decisions at that, that rate is physically and mentally exhausting. So moving forward, right, we've learned some things. We can be agile as leaders. We can empower our people to make some decisions, you know, in real time, you know, off, you know, off the cuff, see what happens, get an outcome, make a choice and, you know, move forward with that information. Everything should never go back to being, you know, a decision by committee, right? That never drives anything forward because those naysayers are so good at stalling and slowing. So we've learned and we need to apply those learnings. Yeah. And, and you said that you said that you work with a lot of like SMBs, you know, these small to medium sized businesses. And uh, I'd be curious you know, we read about these big companies. Uh, I think there was a big article about the uh, CEO of Morgan Stanley, who was essentially driving his workers back to the office in New York. And, you know, if you if you don't return, then, you know, we're going to cut your pay because, you know, you, you live in a different geography than New York City. So therefore, you should make less money. It was very draconian. Oh. Um, but... Uh, I'd be curious what SMBs are thinking about and how they're how they're managing those types of things. So over the last year, I've had an interaction with lots of different businesses, you know, SMBs, large enterprises, uh, even some government agencies, right? And everybody's trying to to make the best decisions that they can. And what I'm hearing and what I like from what I'm hearing are those leadership teams that are actually asking their employees, what do you want? How do you feel safe, right? Because there is a percentage of the employee base who will always be more productive in an office environment with people around, you know, a sounding board over here and we can share some thoughts and we can do that and that's great. There will always be people who are significantly more productive alone. And depending on their role in the organization, you know, that also plays a part. Um, I've been watching one company trying to deal with, you know, we're coming back in a hybrid mode. And this mode means that, you know, so many days of the month, you need to be in the office and so many days you can be remote. Okay, maybe. But when you start looking at, you know, again, somewhat larger companies and you have an IT team and you have resources who are on call 24 by seven for a week at a time, and they're, you know, being 100% remote doesn't impact their productivity. It actually may make their job easier. Coming up with those hard and fast policies, I think we really should learn from the last year that sometimes the policies need to get thrown out the window and we need to have guidelines. 
right? And we need to empower middle management, the people in the supervisors who deal with employees day in and day out to, to set the you know, rules of engagement in the standard operating model and not try and do it from the top. From some of the smaller businesses that I've been talking with, right, they sat down and again, that you know, under a hundred employee type you know, mindset and had conversations and a percentage of the employees said, hey, we really like working remotely. And hey, we left Manhattan and I'm now in Hawaii where my family is and I can do my job from here and I don't have to be in Manhattan. Um, and they've come back with blended definitions of by role, what a work schedule should look like. And that there are still a point in time once a quarter where we will have a group event in person somewhere and we will as a team come together. It, it, things aren't black and white, right? We live in the grays and we should own it and let our policies and our expectations give and take for the needs. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a dictatorship, right? One size doesn't fit all. And I think that's the yeah, biggest Yeah, no, I, I actually, I really like that. I, I, I like the point that you're making about empowering middle management mm -hmm. to essentially apply guidelines as they see fit, as, as is appropriate for their teams. Yeah. That seems uh, really wise and certainly not something that I'm hearing. I think everyone's probably make, falling into that trap of I need to have a grand vision, a beautiful plan, you know, and, and, and that, and, and beautiful plans, you know, when they're put onto the battlefield always fall apart immediately. <laughs> and we do need to have the big vision, but when did big vision and HR policy align? They're not, HR policy isn't about a big vision. An executive team should have a vision for the future operational teams should make it a reality. Right. And so I think, you know, I would describe some of it as, you know, you stretch the rubber band and we did that right last year, stretched everything. And now we're snapping back and overcompensating. And we need to just stop and take that time out and say, we can do better. That's that desire to go back to the old way. And Let's move forward and make better decisions. And that agility and leadership, right? Our C-suite leadership team really should be focused on where we're going. Operations is responsible for how we get there. And there should be that kind of that division so that the vision is big and it is grand and it is hard to get to, right? If it was easy, everybody would do it. But we get the teams with the knowledge to, you know, come up with how we execute to it and, and empower them to do it. So let's just change gears slightly. Uh, how did you um, how did you approach the pandemic yourself? I mean, how did you uh, how were you working and how did you stay sane in this whole process? The pandemic changed a lot when it started. I had. Um, my grandmother was visiting from the Midwest and out in Arizona to get out of the cold, right? And enjoy some time. And just as we were getting ready to send her home, the world shut down. And so that was an extended change in kind of how my, my life operates. Um, we had a college kid who was on spring break who came home to, we're sheltering in place. And he said, thank you, no. I'm going, I'm fine. I'll be somewhere. It's all good. Um, so you're right. It shook everything up. 
fortunately, my business has run out of my home office for a decade. So how I do business um, didn't change much, but I did get to experiment and test. The things that I can do with a group in this virtual environment is almost limitless. I used to believe that facilitating group sessions required being in a big room with whiteboards and flip charts and all of these you know, tools I can do it more effectively in this format and with all of us in the you know, little squares on the screen because we don't have the side-by-side -side conversations and the distractions of the things that happen in a big group setting in a large room. We can stay much more focused and actually accomplish more in less time. So it was a fascinating learning experience. Yeah, and, and certainly I think uh, with a changed uh, family dynamic and a situation around you is always always a fun fun balance uh, and as uh, but I, I'm hoping everything every, all, all of your loved ones are safe and well uh, it's been quite a quite a year for for the world so as you're as you're looking towards the future and working with companies um, what's top of mind for them and and what do you think are going to be the key topics that people are going to be pushing over the next year so I think that the focus right on getting back to normal is going to drive us for a while. And, you know, and I don't like the phrase, the new normal. I personally want to, as leaders, embrace the idea that abnormal is normal and that we need to just be ready for the next thing because the next thing is coming, you know, whether it's an economic downturn, another pandemic type experience, there's always something else that's out there and building in how we run our business with the, that mindset we've been talking about, agility at the leadership level, and that ability to, and you know, it's the work that we do, build in adaptive transformation. How do we empower our teams to constantly embrace change and do it productively and you know, get results, grow and scale? And I think that there's a real opportunity for leaders at the executive and middle management levels to think differently, to empower their teams, to build skills and capabilities across functions in ways that they haven't before. So that as things change, right, we're able to pull the levers and keep everything righted so that we can move forward and we can get rid of that, that imbalance of fear and that imbalance of resistance to, you know, the next idea. Um, really being able to focus on being innovative internally is an opportunity for all leaders to set, you know, their business paradigm for growth. And it is resilient and for those unexpected changes, right? If we have those skills and those capabilities, we weather the storms more effectively. I think we have the, the quote of the discussion today, Lisa. Abnormal is the new normal. I love it. I, I completely agree. And uh, I think probably, you know, right on, everyone seems to be now talking about potential inflation that might be coming in the near future and how that's going to impact everything. I don't think we've had a major inflation rate since like the late 70s. So I think it's going to be quite a, a shock to, to, to people. But uh, yeah, it, we're, we have we're two moving generations. Yeah, we have two generations in the workforce who have not experienced an inflation cycle as kind of grownups. I don't really remember it. Um, my kids certainly don't. Right. So 
as our baby boomers are leaving the workforce and we're bringing our millennials are coming of age in management and leadership and Gen Z is hitting the workforce, the pandemic was a first catalyst for a series of changes that we're all going to experience that will be firsts for all of us. Yeah, it's going to be quite a, uh, I would, I'd like to say an exciting time, <laughs> uh, but uh, certainly more change is afoot for, for all of us. And Lisa, it's been great to talk to you about uh, how, how your company and how your clients have been thinking about organizational change and all the issues that they're, they're wrestling with during the pandemic and how they're planning for the future. Thank you so much for joining us on Uncaged today. Uh, if someone wants to get in touch with L Cubed and with you, Lisa, where should they go? The website is lcubedconsulting.com or lisalevy.com and be able to contact me directly from those websites. That's great. Well, listen, um, we've been speaking with Lisa L. Levy uh, uh, of L Cubed Consulting. Uh, she's been our guest today on Uncaged. Uncaged is a show that provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the commerce of tomorrow. Uh, L Cubed, Lisa's company, is, is working with uh, small to medium-sized businesses as well as government organizations as well as some large businesses on some of these major organizational changes that we're facing um, in the, it, 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 because of the pandemic, because of kind of the evolutionary changes. And as I said uh, a minute ago, Lisa, your quote, abnormal is the new normal is a really, really powerful one. And I think it really goes back to kind of that, that the processes that you guys put in place, which is that, you know, the pandemic was one challenge. Guess what? We're going to have another big challenge. So you better have processes to figure out how you handle these things. How do you deal with this stuff? How do you, uh, how do you, how do you lead through these types of opportunities and challenges? So thank you so much uh, for joining us today. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. My pleasure, Bant. Thank you so much. Cheers.